Hi, ma'am. How are you doing today? You're such a weirdo, dude. Not really. It's it's not my fault you take longer in the shower than most women do in, in, in the entire population of America. No, I, no, I actually have to take care of something important. So. Sure, that's what they all say while you're doing your toes. I'm, I'm actually serious. I have to really take care of something important. Well, at 10.30, we'll be doing all things that's. All things talking with with Hudson Flynn, and we'll get to talk about how the Brooklyn Nets are the best New York basketball team in New York, and uh, that the second best team has you know Sabrina Unescu in it. So obviously, Nick fans get to suffer, and this is the kind of conversation that makes James so happy. Like he's just he's just overjoyed right now, and. You know what? I'm all for it because the other, because yesterday we had the man David Grubb on, and the last 20 minutes of the pod, he pissed. He practically pissed and danced on the Eli Manning playing career grave. And James is like, What? Why? What? But it's, but it's Eli Manning! That's that's basically what changes it for twenty minutes, and uh, I, I I I thought it was articulate conversation. I thought it was fantastic, and I'm all for anyone trashing Eli because even though I admit that he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but and this isn't the main topic of conversation because we have more things to talk about. But if he wasn't at Manning. And if he didn't basically only have, you know, six great games in his entire career, um, would he be a Hall of Famer? The answer is no. He is the biggest subpar quarterback to ever be in the NFL. Everybody knows it. You can't give me one Giant fan and, and, and you realistically say... If you take away those six games, now I know you can't do that, but if you take away those six games and his put his last name from Manning to, like, Clark, okay, is he a Hall of Famer? Hell no. Hell no. Pick machine. I mean, sure, did he stay healthy his whole, whole career? Is that very, very impressive? Yes. You know, but, you know, who knows? Maybe the reason why he literally never missed the game, because maybe he did a little juicy juice to, you know, keep those injuries, you know, away. I mean, he, he, he was pretty much a pocket quarterback. And just the silentness of my co-host is basically agreeing with you. You know what? You're right. You'll always be right. And you're always gonna be right, and and I love it. I love it. It's and I could just picture your face right now. It's like a scowl. That's that that's like Scrooge. Like it's like muckety muck 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 muckety muck. Eli Manning. But MLB and the MLBPA, 
are just those stubborn rich kids who usually get whatever the hell they want. And both both are playing. Well, my dad is the CEO of the biggest company in USA. Well, my dad is the biggest company in Japan. And they're both playing dollars for dollars. The players want what was already agreed to. I understand. But there's a thing that changed everything. And that's the coronavirus. Alright? With us not being in the building, no beverages, no food, no pins, no bats, no no scorecards, no no $14 beers, no $25 wines, no no $375 waters, no $6 sodas, no $475 cotton candies. It changes the game. If the owners are going to lose money, why can't the players lose money? Sure, the owners are richer than the players, but Mike Trout's not going on food stamps. Garrett Cole's not going on food stamps. You, you think guys making three and a half million? You're not going on food stamps. You'll be okay. No one's, no one's passing around the hat in church. No one's, no one's feeling sorry for you. And and, and let's be real too, right? Even with the players making the minimum, and after tax, taxes get taken out, they're still going to make, right, maybe 190k for the whole year. I'm sorry, man. That's a lot of money. If, if, if someone gave me a check right now, here's $190,000, and that's all you'll make from this day till, till next year night. You know what, man? I could go a whole year and probably have 25k left over. So don't come crying to me with your with your poorness. All right, Mike Trout cannot spend 19 million or 10 million, whatever the hell he'd make in one year. DJ can't spend three and a half. Garrett Cole can't spend eight. And it just it gotta stop. Us the fans, we are losing. We are the ones. They're not getting a damn thing, right? And that's messed up. At this point, who cares about the number of games? Who cares? It shot from 114 to 72 to 50 to 48. Now somewhere around 78 something to 90 something, 80 something games. That's that's not an issue. The number of games. It's just about the prorated salaries and. When it's for negotiations, both sides have to feel like they gave up something. The players want it all. The owners can't can't lose everything. They 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 can't. So at, at the end of the day, both do not care about us. Because if they did, they would agree something to last week or weeks ago. Spring training would have been starting now. And we would have seen a season starting the 4th of July. How epic would that have been, man? All 30 teams playing on 4th of July. We'd all be barbecuing. We'd all be watching. It'd be before NBA. It'd be before NHL. The whole world would be on baseball for two weeks. The whole entire world.
Even non-baseball fans will probably watch why. Because it's sports. But now they're not going to get that. Now, may, maybe they could open July 11th. But then that's only a week with only all eyes on baseball. And the longer this goes, there's going to get to a point to where they're going to share with NBA and NHL. And I'm sorry. No baseball team will draw more ratings. Why? Because they're going against the playoffs. Alright? So, if if you want the sport to be cared about, wake up, man. Wake up. I agree. Um, right now, what's going on is basically... Um, it's kind of like my, it's kind of like having two, two people at first five companies arguing about which wealth is bigger, better than the other. And we're just like, um, you're both wealthy, who gives a damn? Um, I think when you look at the player's proposal of 89 games, you and I both are the owners not going to accept that. The owners are not going to accept that. And because if the player is going to accept the owner's offer of 76, there's no way they're going to accept the players off of 89. So, because if you look close at the deal, it included um, 89 games, full prorated salary, and extended playoffs. And it's it's just, it's something that the players would not accept. And it's getting to a point where you're like, okay, what's going to happen? Another thing that Pastor reported, she said, well, the MLB will reject this offer from the union, it takes the side much closer to a likely number of games. As hard and fast as the MLB is on full pro league, the league is entrenched in ending the season on September 27th in court. TV networks don't want to move playoff games. That's a key thing. That's why you're going to get closer to a lesser number of games than more number of games, because the TV networks don't want to budge. So you have another factor in that. Remember, too, the PA is not going to move from 100% full prorated. The owners, I don't think, will move between 33% to 50%, around there. So, eventually, it's a standstill. And both are holding a bucket of water that each weighs 150 pounds. Eventually, someone's forearms are going to have to give. So... Either it's going to be a bath and we'll have no baseball. I mean, I've I've never thought that I'd ever see a full entire lifetime where I would say, hey, there is no baseball for one year. But that's what's going to happen. And will, will it lose me, you, Mike, Julian, Bobby, and 80% 80, 80 of the crazy animals on Yankee Twitter? Of course not. But. The people in the middle, it will lose them. The people under the middle, they're already out the door. They're not buying tickets. And then what's going to happen, right? That means, that means next year, what kind of baseball will we have? And will that be the last baseball again? Will we have 2022 season with no baseball? Because the players are going to remember how these negotiations went. And the owners will also remember how these negotiations went. Okay? And, and, and let's say the players win this time around. 
what's going to happen next year when the owners will do pay cuts and they will lower the payroll on purpose, which essence makes it harder for the teams to be competitive. It's now, Yankees, Red Sox, Cup, you know, maybe, maybe not the Cup because the owner seems to be a little too cheap since he got his championship trophy a couple years ago. Um, But the teams in the middle, the Padres, the Rays, the Marlins, you know, Indians, teams like that, the Rockies, if, if their payroll normally is 110 or 80 million and they lower that by 20 or 30 million, that's big, big drop off to where, imagine if you're the Rockies and your payroll is only $70 million. A full third of that goes to Nolan Arenado. <laughs> a full third of that goes to Nolan Arenado, right? You know, if, if the annual dropped their payroll, a full third of that goes to Mike Trout. <laughs> so how, and, and that's going to piss them off unless, unless maybe they, they choose to backload their money for that year. And, but maybe, maybe, maybe they're probably not going to do that because they just lost a whole bunch of money this year, you know? So that's going to suck for them. And, and even with the Yankees, it would, it would still suck because they would have so much money between Colin Stanton alone. Colin Stanton will easily cover a good 40% of the Yankees payroll. Good of that. So it just, it's it's not good for either side. And, and the Major League Baseball yeah. draft is tomorrow. I, I, I don't know about you, but I've literally, and every year, be, obviously it doesn't get the kind of attention NBA and NFL gets, but I've never ever I've never ever seen a pick. I look for the picks on Twitter. Do you spend any moment in life watching the Major League Baseball draft on MLB Network? I'm gonna be completely honest. I totally forgot that the MLB draft is even airing. <laughs> that should kind of tell you how little I care about the MLB draft. I only watch three drafts: the NFL, the NBA, and the NHL. NHL because I'm a I'm a hockey junkie. And I know you probably, you know, I know you probably, um, what you call it, you only watch the NBA and NFL. Yes, correct. Barely. I've never seen that. I've never seen that NHL pick either. But, but that has, yeah. but that has more to do with me not really being a hockey fan. You know, yeah, I, yeah. maybe, maybe I, maybe I would find the NHL draft interesting. So, so maybe if the no sports trend continues, maybe, maybe, maybe this, Winter, I'll watch the well, N- they, I'll, I'll watch the NHL draft. Uh, Who knows? Well, they push. Well, they push the NHL draft. Uh, so when to September, the draft September line what? is going to be. They haven't had an exact date, but they're looking towards the they're looking towards the twenty fifth or the twenty sixth. A couple of days for my birthday, actually, which is pretty dope. <laughs> Happy birthday to me! <laughs> but uh, well, but, yeah, as, um, as as long as it's not. A, as long as it's not on an NFL Sunday or Thursday, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll probably watch. It's, it's usually going to be on a. It usually happens on a Friday. Oh oh, perfect. Ever, ever. Then you know, yeah, with with never. with no NFL going on, I I probably would watch that. Another reason why the Major League Baseball draft probably doesn't get seen a lot because it's on the movie network. A lot of the world. 
does not have MLB Network. Why? Because a lot of the world doesn't have cable boxes anymore. See, now for a guy like me, it doesn't affect me because I'm still popping up for cable. But, um, you know, so that's that, that's another thing that affects it too. And it, it just looks so boring. Like, now, I've, I said I've never seen a pick, but I've seen some parts of player interviews. Right, like when Judge got drafted, when Trout got drafted, um, but even those are stale. I'm telling you, man, baseball player personalities—they suck. If I'm just being super honest, they suck. They're not as flamboyant and interesting as NFL and NBA. That's why Major League Baseball does a horrible, horrible job. At growing the game, right? The only time you see Trout's personality is All-Star Weekend when they have the weather segment. <laughs> that's, what, that's what gives Mike Trout hype, alright? The players, they just want the game to speak for themselves. But you know what? Mike Trout doesn't hold the baseball the whole game. Le- LeBron will get the basketball on every possession and and he'll always guard most likely the best player same same thing with NFL the the quarterback holds the ball every time and 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 if you're on defense you want you, you want to think the defense can make a big sack right so major league baseball has a big time problem with that and uh I'm 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 telling you, as as you said constantly on this podcast a thousand times, right? The average age is what? What's the average age of a baseball fan? There you go, boom, man. Yep. And a basketball is the youngest at 35, 30, so about our age. What about NFL hockey? About, hockey's about forty. Okay, that sounds terrible. And the NFL is about 37, 38. Jesus. So baseball is, baseball is the oldest. So that means that's basically our dads, man. Our dads yeah. is the demographic. Jesus Christ. Gee, and rest in peace to James' dad. Um, but, uh, you know, our, our dads, our grandparents. <laughs> that's. That and and this day and age, man, these kids are so embarrassing. And and, and I'm sure the same for you. But when I was a kid, the only time I would go inside my house was either before the light came on, because that's what my mom said. You could stay out until the street light comes. Street light comes on. When the street light comes on, you better be in this house. So besides that, for food or big scrape or brews. Other than that, I was playing basketball, with wiffle ball, football, blah blah blah. Hanging hang, hang, on the soup with the friends, going going to the corner store for for Gatorade and, and like a snack or something like that. You know, I if I didn't have to be home, I wouldn't be home. And today's generations, everybody, these kids are having tablets. They're on YouTube, kids. They're on the phones. They're that they have headphones talking to people all throughout the world. 
it's 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 so embarrassing and in today's sports man everybody with the participation trophies right and that started when i was just finishing sports when i was like 18 19 years old that crap just started and that's when i stopped thank god i wasn't part of that generation but that is so embarrassing yeah because when i was um Basically, when I was in when I left, when I was college and my my knee fucked, my knee messed up. Uh, I that was when that was also when we started doing the participation. The oh well, you do a pat on the back, and I remember my my nephew. He was playing. He plays. He plays basketball for for, for his local high school team, and they gave like. He came in second, they gave him a runner-up, and I'm just like, wait, what are you doing? He's like, I got a runner-up. I'm like, throw that crap in the trash. Did you win? He's like, no. Then what does it matter? He's like, well, I came in second. I'm like, no. And it got to a debate, and I told I told my friend, I told my other sister, and it's just like, you do not reward participation. You play to win. That's what that, that that's the big game, the goal of the game, the way to win. I I'm so glad that both me and you, even though I played in college, we we got out of that participation trade because these kids they want to be pampered and the great athletes they don't like being told no. They want to be told that they're great, and that's the problem with these kids. So that's that. Um, also, quick tidbit. Um, Big shout out to Russell Westbrook. Actually, he's executive producing a docu series entitled "Terror in Tulsa: The Rise and Fall of the Black Wall Street," alongside filmmaker Stanley Nelson and producer Black Flint. This this series details the Tulsa race massacre, known as the Tulsa race riot, during a during which a white mob attacked the predominantly black Greenwich neighborhood, including business owned district referred to as Black Wall Street over an 18-hour period from May 31st through June 1st. Wait, say again? Westbrook is going to executive produce the docuseries called Terror in Tulsa, The Rise and Fall of Black Wall Street. What's Black Wall Street? Black Wall Street details the Tulsa Race Massacre, known as the Tulsa Race Riot, in which a white mob attacked a predominantly black Greenwich neighborhood, including a, bis- a business district referred to as Black Wall Street, over an 18-hour period from May 31st to June 1st, 1921. Basically, an all-out white mob killing entire black businesses and people in an 18-hour span. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's gonna could be very interesting. So good job, Russell Westbrook, um, for producing that. That's uh, really dope. Um, James Dolan is at it again. And this all right, time, we're we're gonna we're gonna rate on that because we are about to get nets crazy up in here as as Hudson is ready. And come on, James, you had twenty three minutes of smiles, man. And now I'm sorry, buddy, but those those smiles, you know, they 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 gotta go fly fly away, bud. Just 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 get them on the guys. Don't you love the joy of this man right here? Oh, it's great.
So we are here, and we're about to do all things talking nets. And uh, Hudson, first, first before we get to do all nets and make my Nick fan co-host happy, how have you been doing with the whole coronavirus situation? Well, you know, I've been doing about as well as as well as anyone's doing. I I haven't been personally affected by the virus, so. I have to stay thankful for my health and for my family's health. But, you know, it's it's tough, and everyone is going through the, uh, the same withdrawals. You know, my area in New York is finally opening up, and everyone's outside, but it's still holding back. Everyone's being a little cautious. No sports back, so we're still kind of deep within that withdrawal. I think really when sports comes back, I think is going to be when I can kind of feel like we're on the, uh, the downswing of the, the pandemic here. But you know, I've been well. I uh, I can't, I can't complain. How have you guys been? I've I've been good, James. Haven't I? Can't complain. So obviously, whenever NBA comes back, right, the Brooklyn Nets are gonna be the best basketball team in New York, and even though we we can all agree that they're not going to lift the trophy, right? They're going to have a chance. So how do you feel about that, Hudson, being a fan of a team that's the best best basketball team in New York? Well, you know, I'm glad to hear someone say it, that 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 is not a Nets fan to say that they are the best basketball team in New York. But really, I just feel, I feel good that New York is being at least represented with um, the NHL coming back and the NBA coming back, the Rangers aren't going to be involved in the NHL playoffs. So yes, the Nets are. Yes, they are. Oh, yes, they are. That is yeah. Both, both Rangers and the Islanders will. I was thinking of the Devils. That's on me. That's on me. Yeah, the Devils are out. Rangers and Islanders are out. The Devils are out. Rangers and Islanders are out. Well, regardless. It's good to have a New York team being represented in these playoffs, even if, you know, the Nets aren't going to be the favorites. Anthony Puccio came out. He said KD and Kyrie are, well, KD at least is not coming back. Kyrie might go and be, you know, moral support for the boys. But I think it's good to have a team in there. I think it's going to be good and fun to see this old regime Nets, as me and Keith call it, have one last ride together to see what they can do, to see if they can put something together. And even if it's not going to the Eastern Conference Finals, winning it or at all, I think it's just good for the Nets to be able to go out, show what they can do, and I think it's especially important for our potential third star, Karis LeVert, to be able to go out there and show what he can do, because, you know, there's a lot of, you know, trade rumors swirling around, and do the Nets need a third star, and I'm partial to the camp that Karis LeVert is our third star, and that we don't need to go out and find a Bradley Beal or somebody else. So I think it's going to be great to see what he can do. I think it's going to be great to see what the team can do. And I think it's going to be something good that New York fans can come together and support. Plus, plus you got the three-man Joe Harris, who who I think is amazing. He, he, he shoots the lights out. I mean, but let's say KD and Kyrie were playing. Would you like their chances... You know, to to meet the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. With Katie and Kyrie in, 
in that perfect world, yes, I definitely think that the Nets have a chance to go out there and meet the Bucks. I think with them playing and with the current roster that we have, if Karis LeVert stays to form, and it's, in, it's funny to say stays to form and to think back to what he was doing, but he was coming off 50-point nights, you know, going into this, hey, we're coming off beating the Lakers. I think that the Nets could definitely make some noise with that roster, and it's kind of a shame that we're not going to be able to see them all come together and play in the same shape that they are now versus what's going to happen next year. Uh, tell me, um, who, who do you think the, net, the, the next head coach is for the Brooklyn Nets? Oh, boy. Well, uh, it's, it's a big difference between who I think and who the media believes is going to be the next head coach. Who would you like? Who would I like? That's tough. I would like, in a perfect world, I'd like Kenny to come back. But if I had to, if I had to reach out, I like, I like either of the Van Gundys a little bit. And I think that in that dream scenario that I believe Bill Stein reported on, uh, like early in this season, where Pop might leave the Spurs and seize New York as a potential landing spot, that would obviously be, you know, in my wildest dreams, what I could hope for. But honestly, anyone other than Tyron Lue is who I'm leaning towards. Um, if if you're the Nets, would you make, would you weigh your decision heavily on how KD and Kyrie like them? Because obviously Kyrie might not have liked Kenny Atkinson so much. Do you know? Do you do you believe that was the reason why he was let go? I believe that it certainly had to have played a, a part in the reasoning that you make to fire a coach like Kenny Atkinson after everything he's done for the franchise. And I think with players like KD and Kyrie, you have to consider what they're going to think, how they're going to react with the new coach coming in. My first thoughts when I heard Tyron Lue, I was like, oh, well, that doesn't make any sense because of the whole Kyrie situation. But now there's reports that they've reconciled and that he's on, on board with that. So I think it's definitely going to play a part. I think it would be impossible for it not to factor into a decision. And I really think that the Nets need to almost just placate them and keep them happy because you know you know it i know it in all of our daily lives we don't do our best work when we're happy when we're unhappy when we're mad at our boss or whoever so whatever you can do to keep your best players performing at the highest level i think is what you have to do uh tell me um is kyrie a cancer for the Nets because they have been reports that Kyrie could be a coach killer or a cancer or a locker room. So how how would Kyrie be able to affect, um, have a positive or negative effect on the Nets culture? Because before the Nets were building the right way and the team was competing in the playoffs with D'Angelo Russell and it was a fun team. It seems like Kyrie kind of changed the vibe about the Brooklyn Nets. Well, I think, other than the fact that Kyrie being a cancer is some some Boston area propaganda, that the Nets went from being, like you said, a fun team last year. They were fun. We had D'Angelo Russell. We came out of nowhere, and no one knew who Spencer Dinwiddie or Karis LeVert was. Joe Harris won a three-point competition. Crazy stuff. But with the addition of 
you know, Kyrie and obviously KD, we became serious. We showed the league that we are not here to just be the fun team. We're here to win championships. So I think you're going to have a culture shift that comes with that. I completely reject the idea that Kyrie is a cancer. I think he had issues in Boston, partially because he might not have wanted to be in Boston. You have to remember that he was traded to Boston, but he came to Brooklyn. He said, I want to go home. I want to go to the team that I rooted for when I was a child. I think it's hard to come into that situation and think he's going to come in and want to tear this team down. I think he's going to come in and want to build it up. And I really do think the reports of him being a cancer or being whatever are mostly just holdover reports from how the Boston situation went down. And I think from everything that I've heard, you know, whether it be from Nets reporters or whoever about the situation in the locker room is it is more cohesive than the media would like to report. So that's where I'm standing on that. Now, let, now, let's just say it's most likely never going to happen, right? Well, why would you leave San Antonio? Um, but let's just say dream scenario. Pop wants to become the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, right? But KD, let's just say he's half sold, right? He, he, he may want him there. He, he may not want him there. But Kyrie says flat out no. He doesn't want Pop there. What would you do then? Would you, would you basically tell Pop, Popovich to go away or would you try to entice both of them to agree to saying yes to Pop? Well, I mean, the first thing I have to say is Katie and Kyrie are smart players. They don't necessarily just want a figurehead coach that they can bully into doing whatever they want. They don't want Cleveland era, Tyron Lue and that LeBron situation. I think that if that scenario were to happen, it would definitely be a tough decision because it's hard to say, you know, a Hall of Famer to pop and just say, you're gone, I can't take you on. But part of it is you have to consider whether KD and Kyrie can just go out there and play their game regardless of system, regardless of coaching, and win the next championship. And I don't necessarily believe that you can just throw them out there without that kind of guidance. So I think you really have to weigh whether you think that Pop would be too domineering on these players that, you know, admittedly are a little fickle or not. Personally, I think that you would have to side with your players that have signed, but right. it's it's almost uh, it's almost an impossible decision. Uh, tell me this, though. Um, the Nets come next year. Um, Kyrie and Kyrie should be. Um, Katie and Kyrie should be healthy. Um, reports for that Kyrie says that the Nets get their star. Um, would you mind the Nets trading for Bradley Beal? Do you think the Nets should trade for Bradley Beal because of the name being thrown out? I know the Heat Lakers are interested in, so what do you think? I love Bradley Beal. Uh, DC is like a second home to me. A lot of my family are diehard Wizards fans. My first basketball game I ever saw was a Michael Jordan era Wizards game. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. I know. That's, oh, wow. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's something to throw out there for trivia nights. But 
I I would love Bradley Beal. I think that he provides a level of scoring that would just make the Nets like the most fun team to watch. I love the way Bradley Beal plays. And for <laughs> from the Nets front office's perspective, it's hard not to want him after he dropped 64 combined points in their last two meetings against the Nets. So you really have to think about it. But you also have to think about the defensive implications, and you also have to think about his contract implications. Bradley Beal was signed to, I believe, a two-year $28 million deal, something like that. And that's a lot of money. So you would have to make room, and you would have to give up a, a player that carries considerable value. You would have to give up you know, maybe a Jared Allen, maybe a Spencer Dinwiddie. And I think it might be, as fun as it would be, it might be imprudent to go out and just kind of throw caution into the wind and just go lean all the way into the big three mentality over depth. Interesting. So would you would you stick with what you have then and just have a healthy KD, Kyrie, with Dinwiddie and Allen and Joe Harris and... So his, his extension of $72 million kicks in 21-22 season and a player option for 22-23. Okay, so, right, so something like that. I, I think you have to... I don't think you have to stick with what you have, but I think what you need to do, and I think the Nets showed it a little bit this year, even with Kyrie on the court, is that no one player can do it all. You look at those Warriors teams, and obviously they have Steph, Clay, KD, and that's lethal. But they also have players like Iguodala, Draymond Green. They have these players that can come in and do their jobs. And we, you know, we have an aging DeAndre Jordan, who it seems to be mostly there for chemistry purposes, which I love. I always I like chemistry signings, you know, as a rule, but. We need something to happen where either Jared Allen bulks up and becomes that player that I believe he has the potential to become, Nick Claxton bulks up and becomes a player I believe he has the potential to become, or we go out and we sign someone, you know, maybe a veteran to a a cheaper, you know, let's win a championship kind of deal and have them hold down the fort and the forward position just because you need someone to be able to take a little bit of the physical load off of KD and Kyrie. What if what if you what if you could get a player like like uh Andre Drummond? I mean Andre Drummond would be again another another amazing scenario. I think Andre Drummond definitely fits in well in a situation where he isn't forced to be the first option all the time. I think he's kind of struggling now, partially because it's not hard to just key in on Andre Drummond and just play defense on him. So I think he would definitely benefit from the system. I think contract-wise, it could be difficult. I think we would that put us that would put us in a situation where we would almost have to get rid of DeAndre Jordan, which again could have implications chemistry-wise. But I think that a player like that would be almost perfect candidate to just be able to slide in there and be that player that can dominate on the blocks and take some of the physical pressure off of our offensive talent. And then there's Aldridge, Conley, um, Paul George, Blake, and Hayward. Those are like the biggest names other than LeBron, but I don't think LeBron would opt out. Right. 
I like Aldrich. Actually, I think he would be my number one pick going into this offseason as, you know, someone that we could bring in. I like his ability to have size and also have that winning, that veteran experience that certain players might not have. So he would be some, someone that I would lean toward. He, al- he also shoots, too, pretty well. He does, and that's important, but almost in a lesser sense because in this situation, we would probably be able to maintain some of the shooters that we have. I know Joe Harris has indicated that he might want to come back to the Nets on a cheaper contract. See, and see that's key. That's that's what they would have to do too. Keep keep the guys that they have. Right. I think I think there's no situation where the Nets are able to keep Spencer Dinwiddie. Would be one the first thing that I would have to think about. Just because when we ran the two guard situation with him and Kyrie, it didn't really work out as well as we wanted it to. And he does have money in the books, and he deserves to be on a focal point to be an all-star on a, on a team. You know, he might want to go back home to the West Coast. So I think, I don't want to say I want to trade Spencer Dinwiddie to make room so that we can keep these kind of key bench players, these role players like Joe Harris that can come in and shoot. But it would certainly be better than letting him walk for nothing, which is a sad thing as Nets fans because, you know, we look at Joe Harris, or, sorry, Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie as a sign that we were able to come from nothing. You know, no draft picks, no nothing. He was drafted in the second round of the 2014 draft, and actually Joe Harris was taken a few picks later, and we were able to turn those players that weren't even drafted by our team into a core that led us to the playoffs. So it would be sad to see him go to keep certain players on, but I think that's something that you have to consider. Yeah, he'd make $12,302,000 next year, and then he'd be a free agent in 22. But 21 is also a player option. So let me ask you this question. Um, obviously, um, my co-host here is not a Knicks fan. I am a Knicks fan. <laughs> and, and the simple question is obviously, um, Knicks have always been a joke. And even as a Knicks fan, even I can say they're a joke. They're a pathetically one franchise, a fish rocks from the head down. And did you, and did you read James Dolan's ridiculous statement that you just posted earlier today about, um, you know, um, about the situation that's going on in the world? Yeah, I did. Me and Keith actually ripped into what he said on our last podcast. Now, I have to, as a mixed fan, and as a black man myself, I thought it was, it was awful. It was terrible. He didn't address the person that happened. He didn't say Black Lives Matter. He didn't do anything. And my thing is, listen, you would keep the next fan so you don't have to worry about the next misery I do, and it's a struggle. So my question is, since you're an outside looking in, how how can how can Adam Silver, if you're Adam Silver, how can Adam Silver do? to get rid of James Dolan because I feel like James Dolan is like he, he is just one cop in all the Knicks headaches I mean I agree and the first thing I want to say is even as a Nets fan I don't associate Knicks fans with this awful statement that James Dolan put out I cannot do that because 
I know Knicks fans. I'm friends with Knicks fans. They might have poor, you know, poor choice when it comes to what team they support, but they obviously do not agree with the sentiments of their owner and what their owner says should not be a reflection onto them. But from Adam Silver's perspective, it's difficult because it's hard to go to, you know, as awful as it might be for me to say this, one of your most popular franchises, one of your most historic franchises, probably one of your most monetarily profitable franchises, and say, we need to force this owner out, especially when the Dolan family owns everything. They don't just own the team, they own everything about the team. So it's a very difficult situation to be in. The only thing that I can say is I think Adam Silver needs to put out a statement and almost just keep him in line because from Adam Silver's perspective, he still wants players to go to like, to not be against going to certain teams because of their owner. So he needs to find a way to put James Dolan in line and say, you either cannot make public statements anymore. You have to take a back seat or do whatever you can to not continuously stain the Knicks reputation. I mean, Charles Oakley called playing for the Knicks like working at a, on a plantation. That is the kind of publicity that you cannot have about an NBA team. I think he has to do whatever he can to keep him quiet, and I think he, if he doesn't, the Knicks are going to continue to suffer both talent-wise, these players won't want to play there, and in the national media. And then, and then, right, another thing for the Knicks, let's say they draft Melo, next year's free agent, his brother's free agent. Imagine having both balls on the Knicks. That, that would make things very, very interesting. I think it would make things interesting. I think it would be a little difficult to run with RJ Barrett having that many guards on your team. Well, well, Lamelo could probably be be a four with his height. You would have to you would have to have him slot in as that, and you know I could see it happening. Obviously, nothing is not, not there's no stronger tie than a blood tie, and I could see you know him maybe making a move, Lonzo making a move to you know New York, but. I could also see him say, listen, I have a good thing going here with the Pelicans. The Pelicans, you know, from an outsider looking in, they have a lot going for them right now. They have a lot of player capital. They have a lot of draft capital. And they have, you know, the first or second most electric rookie in the league right now. So I think that's a strong pull. And I think if they do make that pull, it definitely elevates the Knicks' credibility into becoming a better team. But on the other hand, it would it would definitely be a bit of a battle to entice him to come. I think the thing with the Knicks that um, puts the Knicks also in a disadvantage is the simple fact that you don't... It's not so much that the Knicks could hire a new coach. The simple fact, it goes back to the top. It goes back to James Dolan. Now, people can defend James Dolan all he wants, but James Dolan is the constant, is the constant. And it, and it comes to a point where 
even loyal Knicks fans that myself have been who have been a diehard Knicks fan. Like the first Knicks game I honestly saw, I was growing up, I saw the Knicks in the finals in 99 against the Spurs. After when I became a Knicks fan, because that was the first thing I watched. So I remember, so I grew up a Knicks fan, and I thought, oh, this is a cool team, this is great. And I didn't realize that this was, that was the only 99, 2000, 2001, and then the Knicks just became crap ever since. And I think the problem is, is still James Dolan. So let's, let's put the scenario. What can like you said before that Adam Silver got put a muzzle? What if James Dolan does do? What can how can Adam Silver force James Dolan just not own the team? Let James Dolan like run Madison Square going to the business, but what can he do to not run the Knicks? And what can Adam Silver do exactly? Well, I think it all comes back to financials. You know, him being the owner he needs to be able to be making some kind of money to be able to keep it in play. So I think that the route for Adam Silver to go is to just put a lean on him almost and find percentages of, you know, his, like the team's revenue and, you know, a situation like that. And that almost sounds drastic, but I think you can't, you can't force a guy like James Dolan out like that because from everything we've seen, he seems vindictive and not like and like someone who, if try if they try to force him out, would make him want to stay all that much more. So I think yeah. you have to just make it too uncomfortable for him to be able to continue running the team. Or honestly, within the power of the fans to do something, I think that. I, I mean, I, I'm pretty active on Twitter, and I see a lot of movement of Knicks fans giving up on the Knicks. I have friends who are diehard Knicks fans their entire life, and they are you know, publicly announcing that they're hopping on any bandwagon that they can because they are just trying to get away from this sinking ship. So I think if people stop coming to games, which is almost an impossible thing to do because they're the Knicks. That is hard, man. It's hard. The Knicks is raw. It's the garden. And you also have the Rangers, too. I know the Rangers don't draw as much as the Knicks as a copy, but I, uh, I, James Owen makes most of his money with the Knicks because it's basketball. Let's face it, it's more popular than the NHL. I can admit that. But, uh, but Hudson, it's just, I, it, it'll make me look like a bad guy. I'm like, see, growing up, I'm an, and from afar, I like the Lakers, but I never associate the Lakers as my team. I like the Lakers from afar. Like, if I wasn't a Knicks fan, I'd be a like Lakers fan. Because I love Kobe and Shaq, and, and I just love history. But I can't just, so what type of fan would it make me if I said, if I told Nick, hey, yo, Nick, you know what, I'm going to drop the Knicks. I'm going to be a Lakers fan. Then I'd be a bandwagon fan, and no one would ever take what I <laughs> You'd be super fake, man. Because then I would lose credit. <laughs> Like, it, 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 no, it, it, it would take credibility. And I, 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 for me personally, I, I can't be a bandwagon fan. It, it, it just takes, it, it just makes, and no one will ever believe what I'll say and everything what I'll say would be fake. And, and I can't do that. It's hard. But so, if other fans do it and afford James doing the sell husband, then I, I, I'm for it. Right, yeah, remember. You have to hope. There was, there was a movie in the early 90s, starring Whoopi Goldberg, called Eddie. 
And if you're a basketball fan, I'm pretty sure you've seen the movie. Did, did you see it, Hudson? Uh, what was the movie? I'm sorry, I, I lost you. It's it's called Eddie. It starred Whoopi Goldberg. It was around the 90s. Oh, wow. I don't think I've seen that movie. Now I got some homework to do tomorrow. So she was a huge player fan, and the Knicks were so horrible that they did a contest one night, and... She base she basically became honorary coach, but she knew more basketball than the next current coach. So they were also going through new ownership at the time, and the owner basically said, "You are the coach of the Knicks." But towards the end, the owner wanted to sell the Knicks to a big corporation for millions and millions of dollars, and she was basically saying. You can't sell the Knicks. New York owns the Knicks, blah, blah, blah. But it's a great movie. Google it. It's called Eddie. It stars Whoopi Goldberg. I'm pretty sure after you watch that movie, you'll like it. And it's just it just goes to, right, it's about drawing. As James said, it's the garden. There will never be a time, right, the closest will ever come of no fans ever entering a stadium is right now. But that's only because of a pandemic, right? So, right? The Knicks would have to draw under 100 fans per game for that to even be possible. Or Dolan would have to say the N-word constantly or, or he'd have to do something incredibly wrong, right? So that's never going to happen. Therefore, James Dolan will forever own the Knicks till God forbid he dies. And that's yeah. just just the true part. And that's right. If Donald Sterling, if that girl never 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 did that creepy thing of recording the conversation, Donald Sterling would still be racist and he'd still be the Clippers owner, right? So think of it. That's 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 how this world has to become. Where, right? Because obviously when owners buy teams, they're buying it for a hundred, maybe two hundred million dollars. Then they sell that for two billion or four or five billion dollars. Because eventually, I'm sure Hal Steinbrenner will eventually sell the Yankees. And whenever that happens, he's gonna get them for five plus billion dollars. Probably six billion. Who knows? Absolutely. And, you know, here's the last thing I'll say about James Dolan, because honestly, I can't stand talking about the guy. He's an asshole. I agree. Um, the last thing I'll say is, and this is almost a bit of a tangent, is in uh, international soccer, there is, and I don't know how closely you follow it, this is kind of a niche thing. The teams are not owned by, by one person, right? They're owned by a fan trust. For the, like, usually it'll be so, one. So, like the Packers. Like, a, like the Packers, yeah, and a fan trust. Okay. So that is a system where the fans and the community, because they're never going to stop, just like you, they're never going to stop supporting their team. They're never going to stop going to games because that's their team. And no matter what, these colors don't run, right? But so, being invested allows them to have a measure of control that the fans currently don't have. So I'm give sorry, us... Because cause I have no idea how that works. So, do the fans specifically just own the team, 
or or is there a guy with more money and he owns the team? How does that work? So it's usually put out in the rules of the league how it'll work. And there's usually going to be a principal investor. There's usually going to be a money guy that's going to come in and kind of just bankroll the team, especially in European soccer and international soccer, obviously, because it, there's no salary caps. It's just it's who's rich can win championships. I'm a Man City fan. I know that firsthand. Let me buy a fan just right here, brother. Oh well, you can you can you can take it for one year. I'll, I'll let you have it. But you know, I think that. <laughs> I, I think the way it works is it allows the fans to have more of a voice than otherwise they would because they're still going to support the team. Knicks fans are still going to go to Knicks games no matter what. There's always going to be a market for Knicks fans. You know, whatever James Dolan does. So, the only way, honestly, other than not going to games and boycotting James Dolan, for them to be able to do that is to have this kind of a fan trust. And obviously, it's a pipe dream, but I think it's something that really should be looked into more in depth, more widely in American sports, because it really does give the, the fans the voice that they deserve. And hold, hold, hold on, one last question. Hold on, hold on, hold on. With, with, with with the fan thing, is it where it's just on paper, or do they actually have a say? Like, can they decide on what players they get, trades, or is it just on paper? So it obviously depends on the situation, how much the fans own. But no, it is they are giving their money contingent on them having some type of organizational control. They'll usually have. Uh, a president of the fan trust or someone who's in charge that it acts as a liaison between whoever the big money person is. And it acts the same way that you would if you would invest in the stock market, right? Oh, okay. You give your money to be own a part of the company. If you own enough of the company, you will have a loud enough voice to be able to say, oh, we should do this and not that. Gotcha. All right. Um, before I get to um, rapid fire, um, quickly, 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 um, I know you're a Man City. I follow you. You're a Man City fan. I'm a Liverpool fan. So I want to say quickly, be be happy that we're going to win the Premier League. Be happy we won the won the Champions League a year ago. This is Liverpool time. You're just going to take a backseat to us. <laughs> so I just wanna throw that in there. Because listen, I don't got much. I'm a, I'm, I'm a Yankee fan, I'm a Giants fan, so I, 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 I Liverpool is like winning the championships right now. Even if I gotta go over to <laughs> You know, all I'll say is it's it's a good time to be a Liverpool fan in a sea of bad times. So if that if that is what you need, if this if this EPL championship is what gets you home if you know the community shield if you're going to win that next year if that if that's what gets you home then i'll let you have it <laughs> listen man listen man it, it, listen i've had it rough for five years okay <laughs> let me have it <laughs> here's the thing ever since i've been a soccer, ever since i've been a, a soccer fan uh you know when i became a man city fan this is a funny story I became a Man City fan because all of my friends are Man United fans and I just wanted to be that dude. And then it was 2012 and they and they got the win and I was like, oh, this is exciting. And then the Sheik came in and I was like, oh, okay, this is the real deal. So 
I'll just I'll slip that in there and I'll say, listen, you have your fun now, but as soon as this Champions League ban ends, Man City's going to buy the league again. We shall see. All right. Actually, I'm about to ask a question that will be in rapid fire that actually that I actually want you to kind of more go more in depth on about the next perception, which is actually a very interesting one, actually. See, Hudson, in, in, my, in my reality... The whole time, right, was gonna be Nets, but of course James has to be that guy because in reality no one cares about the New York Knicks because in reality of how the basketball world works, the Brooklyn Nets, then the Liberty with 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 Sabrina Unescu, then then it's the Knicks only because there's not another basketball team. And fun fact, not that I'm a Nets fan, but my first ever New Jersey Nets game, and this was solely on luck. Uh, I, I didn't follow basketball back then, but, but but my first Nets game ever was actually Vince Carter's debut. So that, that, that was pretty, pretty interesting night because I got family in Jersey, and, and my stepdad comes home from work, and he's like, and and at that time, you know, he was he was dating my mom, so he was trying to buy my infection, you know. <laughs> and uh, he he comes home, he's like, he's like, hey, how 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 about I shower and then we jump in the car, go to the next game and then go see me grandma. And I said, let's go. <laughs> and then uh, and then we're going to the game, and then and then he turns on the radio. He's like, well, if you're a New Jersey Nets fan, you'll get to see Vince Carter's debut tonight. And I said, whoa. And then uh, he bought me a jersey, bought me some ice cream, and let's just say I I didn't hate him less that night, you know. It, it, it was uh and and then I saw the first dunk, it was fantastic. The crowd was electric, and those were when the Nets were really good, man. Jefferson, Kittles, Kid, Carter, you know, all all that was good time. Jefferson, members. See again, he tries. He tries to bring in the Knicks, but 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 all seriously, right? Even though it's a Nick movie, Hudson, I'm pretty sure you'll like Eddie. I'm telling you, take the time, go on YouTube, and Google it. It's it's probably about an hour and forty minute movie, but it's hilarious. And that was I'm when, excited. like, and and that was when she was really in her prime. She 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 still had the braided haircut and whatnot, and and she was a season ticket holder. Great movie. I'm I'm surprised you haven't seen a big basketball that's, fan. That's electric. I will I will watch it tomorrow. Me and Keith are recording, but I'm free in the morning. That that'll be my activity. Uh, I'll, I'll maybe maybe I'll put out a tweet. I'll see I'll see what's up. Good Fresh stuff. Tweet. We're still recording, right? Yes. We're still recording, right? Yes. You think I'd waste? You think I'd waste that 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 Nets whole story on, on non-recording? Come on, man. Yes, because no one wants to hear about the Nets. But speaking of the Nets, <laughs> that actually leads me to, to to this interesting question that I actually have for you, Hudson. So obviously, we always know New York. There are the Heritage team and the Clown team, the Yankees. The Knicks, the Rangers, the Giants are the heritage team, the Mets, the, the Jets, 
the Islanders slash so disrespectful. and the Nets are the Crown team. So now the Knicks are not only the Heritage team, they're the Crown team. So let's, well, my question to you, Hector, is say the Nets win a championship. And all these New York fans have been loyal and loyal and loyal. What will that do for not only for the next franchise, but for New York basketball as a whole? Because this is still a basketball town. Listen, here's the thing. I know we all saw the memes from a couple of years ago where, you know, it was the New York, the New Yorker starter pack. It was the Tims and it was either the Yankee hat or it was the Knicks hat. I foresee a future where that stereotype will have a Nets hat on. If Because here's the thing. People are growing up right now, and they're seeing the Knicks just blow and blow and continue to be all bad publicity and all that. And you have the Nets come in. They're shiny. They're new. They're in Brooklyn. This, you know, the newest, like the emerging borough of New York. They're going to see that, and they're going to say, this is a more fun team to be a part of. I know when I was a kid and when I was selecting all the teams that I watched and I wanted to watch and I was thinking about like being a fan of, I thought about a couple of things. I thought, uh, all right, what is my family like? And who has the coolest players? And if you're a kid right now, and I think, you know, you're in that prime age, you're in like seven to 10 when you're really making your choices. They're going to see like, whoa, KD, whoa, Kyrie, I have their shoes. They're playing in Brooklyn. They're at the new arena. They got these cool, clean, black and white jerseys. They're not saying clown ass things about Black Lives Matter. They are doing whatever they can to be New York's team. And I'll just say, put this little quick story in. I put a tweet out, I believe it was during the last dance. And I said give it 20 years and the Nets are going to be New York's basketball team definitely among the youths and that got it got a lot I got a lot of love it got a lot of hate a friend of mine came on talking Nets a bunch Billy Reinhart also a fellow Fordham graduate he he texted me the next morning and he said yo everyone is sending me your tweet what did you do and listen, I don't think it's that hot of a take, but I won't go on and on about the Nets being better than the Knicks. Because here's the thing. I know that they are, and I don't need to convince anyone else that they are. That, that, oh, that's very that's, factual. That, 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 that's, that's, now, but, but the main question is, when you get a championship, what would that do for New York? Oh, we all know the Nets are better than the Knicks. It would legitimize New York basketball again. I mean, the Nets are not very removed from being the clowns of the NBA after that trade in 2014. The Nets, like, I really became a very hardcore Nets fan during those years, during those 20-win seasons. I think it legitimizes New York basketball. I think it shines a bigger spotlight on successful New York basketball, and I think it would be something that the city can take and be like, you know, we haven't necessarily been a city of champions in recent years and they can take that and they can hold on to it and they can say, okay, let's ride this, let's ride this into 10 more Yankees rings. Let's ride this into a giant Super Bowl. 
Uh, fuck the Rangers. I'm a Capitals fan, so I'm not going to say anything about them. Wow. Stanley Cup champion from a few years ago. Way to go. Screw your Stanley Cup. I really wanted Vegas to win. I you lost know what? money that day. That's, I, I just love the NHL because that was such an, an interesting matchup. The Capitals had never won one in their existence, and they're playing an, ex, an expansion franchise. And, you know, I'm in my basement right now, and I can see you on the couch exactly where I was sitting when I watched the Capitals win the Stanley Cup. And that, that was a peak sports moment for me. So I won't let anyone disparage my Capitals. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, Hudson. I don't want to be talking about the Capitals and their BS win. You got your soccer championship. Shut your mouth. Come on, give give Hudson yes. something to talk about. Yes, but the last time I might have won a Stanley Cup was 1984. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> so, be nice for a guest. Fun fact, I wasn't even born, so... I wonder Um, 
<clears throat> the last is the biggest question. Time frame between two to New York. What? James, you broke up. When you see the Nets bring the championship to New York? Do I see the Nets bring the championship to New York? Yes, when do you see the Nets bring the championship to New York? Anytime within the next, not this season, but the two seasons after that, and then maybe the one after that. So do you see the Nets have a dynasty, if that's what you're saying? Yes, I could see us going two championships in three years. Hudson, that's going to be a hard pill to swallow, seeing the Nets win a championship, and you get to reap the benefits of your Nets while I get to suffer in the same That would be great. Come on. We'll get a parade back in New York. Do you know how fantastic that would be? No, because Brooklyn does not deserve the king of heroes. Just celebrate in Atlantic Avenue and call it a day. Listen, they're getting they're getting a parade and it's going right across the Brooklyn Bridge and I'm gonna be there for it. Hey, 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 that day, not only would I buy Net Championship swag gear, I would put videos and and I would purposely purposely tag Jane in every single video. Just just to get that <sighs> why? Why do I do this to be better than clowning Knicks fans? Listen, listen. I saw the Yankees won championships. The Giants won two. Liverpool's about to win the Premier League, and they won the Champions League. So you're not going to clown me as much as you think. <laughs> so I'm pretty much fine. You have you haven't seen Knicks and anything, right? Your Giants Knicks pretty much been Mister Irrelevancy for at least the past five, six seasons, correct? Um, it's, it's, it's sad, it's sad to say, but the Yankees haven't won anything in 10 years, so your, your whole sports fandom is pretty much crap, so I think a next championship would make you, let's just say, be unpleasant. Here's the thing, when that next championship parade happens... I will give you a personal invite. You can come with me and Keith, and we can watch the Nets parade over the Brooklyn Bridge. We accept. Damn, I didn't know that you speak for me. Well, well, we are the sports dude, so I know you wouldn't say no. You you would come. It's okay. good content. I I already told Hudson this, Keith. Um, I already told Hudson. I already told him Keith this that. Um, assuming next season comes that I will be going to next games with him because I like seeing good basketball. So I'm a man of my word, but I always keep my promises. So I will be heading to the Barclays Center next year to check out the Mets basketball. And plus it'll be Mets versus Knicks because it'll be easier to afford unlike the Garden which charges ridiculous prices. Man, wouldn't you love to see KD just drop 50 on, on, on the Knicks and Kyrie, Kyrie drop 27, Karis drop, Karis drop 20 points, Joe Harris drop six threes, and just, just have me and Keith just jumping up and down and James be like, alright, I need another beer, give me another beer. I'll tell you, some of the most fun I've had was going to the Nets opener this year, watching Kyrie drop 50, and when things were going well, making fun of the T-Wolves fan that I was with. But it didn't exactly end the best. 
well, either way, um, either way, um, Hudson, all I can say is that if you win a championship, assuming that the Nets do, um, I will be going to the top of the parade in the Brooklyn Bridge because I wonder, I, I want to see what it's like to my team for a New York team actually to win something. I'm not rocking Brooklyn gear. No, I'm not rocking Brooklyn gear, but I, I'll just go because. So if you got handed a free, let's just say Nets players were throwing swag out. And 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 yeah. you caught a championship Brooklyn hat. You would you 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 wouldn't put that on. No, I'm giving it to my friends. I have friends that I met fans. I let them rock it. Oh, you're so fake. Listen, all I'm gonna say: shop.johnboymedia.com/slash/nets. You can buy whatever Nets gear you want. <laughs> what a great plug! What a great. Oh, oh by the way. This question needs to be asked. So, how how did you get hooked up with John Boy Media? This, let me say, this is the most whack story that I'm going to say tonight, and we talked about James Dolan for like an hour. <laughs> All right, so, I was, I was sitting in my room, I was taking a break from writing an essay, and I'm just scrolling through Twitter, and this is before I've made my Twitter that has like a bunch of followers now, so I have like, but it's basically a burner account that I only use to follow sports. And then one day I see uh, my uh, friend, uh, someone I follow on Twitter, Bobby Skinner, send out a tweet that says, "Hey, we're starting a Talking Nets page. Does anyone want to help run the page?" And I said, "Sure, why not?" I sent him. I sent him a tweet. That might have been my first tweet I ever made with that account. Not a oh, joke. Wow. And I was just like, hey, why not? It was like, literally, it was like the white bubble. It was like the whole thing. I'm surprised that he answered. He DM'd me and he said, yeah. And that was how I got involved. I started running the social media when the games were going. I was live tweeting all the games, putting out video content, all that stuff. And all the while, you know, we were gaining popularity. And then we brought Keith in. So if Keith ever, Keith better not tell you any different. I was actually a part of Talking Nets before he was. So, Ooh, nice. so he can he I, he can hold that L, but <laughs> we love it. <laughs> you heard it here first on the sports news. You heard it here first. That so, is fantastic. So, you know, they're making their podcast. It's whatever. I'm just doing the social, and then one day, over, uh, I believe it was uh, around Christmas time, we had an episode, and Keith said, "Yo, Bobby can't make it." you want to hop on and I was like sure but I had never done anything like this before I had never done I've done a podcast I hadn't done anything I mean I'm still 18 I was fresh then it was the beginning of my freshman year of college I was like sure why not I hop on and I've listened to that podcast a couple of times because it's funny how choppy I was but I hopped on and I guess Keith thought I did all right so then uh, a couple months later once uh Bobby got very busy with Talking Giants and he had to separate from Talking Nets. Keith was left without a co-host and you know, he brought he brought me on and the rest is history. Ever since then we've been putting out at least one episode a week, getting it done and we're going to continue getting it done until the Nets bring that ring home. Well, I guess you got to start somewhere, right? Because before before September, I never did a podcast James ne- James never did a podcast, and the first six episodes, 
I actually did myself. And uh, on the day that they basically said, Eli, you're old news. I uh, knew James was a Giant fan. And and I called him up. We, we talked for like 15 minutes. And then a week later, I said, hey, you want to come on the pod full time? And this is now episode 396 since September. Yeah, there was there was a time period where where for Major League Baseball postseason, we would do a pre discussing all po- postseason games that day. Then we would do a recording show and then we would do post. So throughout that whole two month time span, we were recording basically three episodes a day, and uh, yeah. now 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 we basically record five five a week for the most part, and we've had yeah. people from ESPN, we've had board ops, we've had you know other people in, in media, and and I saw you you a net fan, and I figured one, you know your stuff. And it's just a nice way to dig at James. So two birds and one stone. Why the hell not? Why not? Why not? And listen, I'm glad. I'm glad that you got what right. want. It was. It was. It's. It's been great talking to you guys. You guys clearly know your stuff. And listen, I have a lot of Knicks fan friends, and I have never gotten tired of clowning them. And sure, maybe that karma will get me someday. But here's the thing, it's the Knicks, so it, no, it will not. Well, it's funny that, it's funny you mentioned that, because um, not only do I talk about, do I do this, do I do um, the sports dudes with Nick, I also have my own podcast called Puck Buck, which, by the way, will be coming, will be dropping later um, this week, um, because now the NHL is starting to get back in the swing. I'm going to talk all things hockey, and Nick knows that hockey's been a passion. I haven't been doing hockey a lot because, well, there's what's hockey to talk about, everything is on pause. But now that the playoffs are starting to come back, now I can go back to talking hockey. And hockey is one of, it's like a passion of mine. And That's like his first love. Yeah, and when you talk about the comeback, when you were talking about the capital, I would actually, like, you know, I was watching that entire playoffs, and I, I didn't want to believe Washington was going to win because I always knew Washington was the, per, per, uh, the perennial choker. They always do well in the regular season, and they always choke when they're mad the most. Ovechkin comes up small; he doesn't win the big one. And then, and fun fact, I really like Alexander Ovechkin. He's actually one of my favorite players right now. And, even though it hurt that I lost money that day, I'm very happy that he won because he deserves it. And plus, we got Barry shot, so I'm very happy about the results. So I'll call it an effect, put it that way. Yeah, you can you can get the hard-boiled egg himself, Barry Trotz. I love Barry Trotz. Sad to see him go. But, you know, I've played hockey my whole life. I love hockey. I have been a diehard Capitals fan. I have come close to tears watching them get eliminated by the Penguins on... I'm sad to say, multiple occasions. And the Rangers. <laughs> and the Rangers. Yeah, but like, do you really want to, like, remember, I remember that, like, the Capitals were up and then they, they got reverse swept. That was whatever. That's, that is, that is old news. That was when the Rangers lost to an offsides and a high stick. So, like, you can have that. Whatever. That's fine. I, I'm not a Rangers fan, so I'm, I'm not a Rangers fan, so. Yeah, well, that, uh, that's uh, good. That's good. <laughs> so, 
But no, I love my hockey, and if you ever want to talk hockey, I will talk Capitals and NHL all day. It's funny that you mention that. Um, I'm going to follow you on um, Instagram, um, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit you up on the DM because we're, cause I'm about to be talking um, hockey this week. So I'm, I'm going to hit you up, and then we can, then we can um, hop on because I was actually about to drop um, my show this week. So I'll, I'll hit you up, and then, you know, we can definitely talk some hockey, and you can give me a perspective on what you think about the um, – about the Washington, the Washington Capitals because Capitals are also a team that I said that a team that I've always said that needs another cup because they're starting to get old real quick, real fast. Yeah, everybody, everybody except Provetkin seems to be aging a little bit. Did uh you go to the Nationals parade? I did not. I was in school at the time, so I didn't get to. I wish I got, was able to go to the Nationals Parade. I'm a Yankees fan. Right. No, I know. Actually, I've gone. I've gone to more uh, Nationals games than I have gone than I've gone to Yankees games, just because I have so much family in DC. So I have a soft spot for the Nationals. It was it was great to see DC become the city of champions. I wish I had gone to. Very, I'm very happy for Washington being the Astros because if anyone deserves it, these people. So DMV stand up. But I'm Hudson again. I'm, I'm gonna hit you up. I sent you a follow request on Instagram, so I'll hit you up. Um, probably talk sometime here this week. Um, if you're free, we'll do. You know, we'll do puck luck. Um, obviously. So before I do my show with Nick Sports Dude, I'll have you on and we can talk about the Capitals and you can give a perspective on what you thought of the season going forward. Awesome. I look forward to it. Absolutely. Well, Hudson, thank you for having you on. It was it was nice to know that the Nets are obviously the best basketball team in New York. You know, far, 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 far away from the Knicks. It's not even close. And uh, I... I'm truly sorry that you had to spend 25 minutes too long on the New York Knicks. It was, it was just awful, awful conversation. Listen, here's the deal. Anytime you guys want to talk, even if it is about the Knicks, I'm here. I'm always going to be talking that. I'm going to slip in a very sly plug here. Don't miss, to anyone who's watching, do not miss the next episode of Talking Mess. I'm not going to say anything else other than that. I'm just going to say... When's that dropping? That's dropping this Thursday. It'll, it should be even out late late Wednesday if you really want to get there first. Not going to say anything other than that. I'm just going to say don't miss the next episode of Talking Matt. Absolutely won't. Everybody, buy the swag on John Boy Media. Follow all things talking. They do a great job. They, they, they corner the market. They're everywhere. And uh, if, if you're not following Hudson Flynn... What the hell is going on with you? Follow Hudson Flynn. Follow, follow Hudson Flynn. Man. Follow him on Instagram. Follow him on Twitter. Follow him on all social media accounts. Um, I just spelled Hudson to follow him on Instagram too. So give him a follow. He's great. So yeah, um, follow Hudson. Follow Talking Net. Um, go shop at John Boy Media. And Hudson, thank you for coming on, man. Of course, guys. Anytime. Anytime. All right. Thanks, take man. care, bud. Take care. And guys, that was the great Hudson Flynn. Uh, you know, you, you really, you really didn't have to mention the next day. I mean, it was. 
No, if you're going to have me suffer about all this... You know you I'm like the conversation. Good. Stop yourself. You had a good time. You had a good time. You had a ball. Whatever. Um, tomorrow we're going to... We're supposed to have... Um, after all, we're supposed to have another guest tomorrow. That's right. See? Um, See? Um, also, this is why you needed to suffer tonight. Because... Af Af Afro Skinner is a big Giants fan. So tomorrow <laughs> you'll get to talk to Giants, alright? After after the lashing you had yesterday and today. So stop being a little baby, okay? Do 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 you think I wanna hear an hour of Giant talk? No. Absolutely. Nobody needs Absolutely. to hear that because you wanna know why? Because they're not good. And and I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now. I will allow a total of 10 minutes on 07 and 2011. But I'm telling you right now, if it goes more than that, I, I will be rude and I will speak over people. I, 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 be, because I can't disallow it. It's, it's the Giants' major accomplishments in our lifetime. So, of course, it has to be talked about. But the whole episode is not going to be 07 and 21. I, I refuse to put up with that, and that will not be allowed. Well, on that note, um, thank you, Hudson, for coming on. Tomorrow's going to be an amazing show. Today and yesterday were terrible. And as always, life is a I'm afraid it's time to say goodbye. And you will wake up a lovely... Jet fan and a Brooklyn Net fan and no longer be a trash Nick or Giant fan. <laughs>